0: Hello, hows it? And welcome to 3-Bit Design, where we break down some of the most influential games into the three bits that we think defined them the most. I'm Tristan. And I'm Oliver. And today, we are taking a look at Little Nightmares. As a reminder, if this is the first time you're joining us, please presume spoilers ahead. Tread carefully if you do not wish mm-hmm. to spoil this game for yourself. We're going to be trying to look at little bits of design that interest us, that we think are good or bad, uh, and just kind of interrogate them some more. In terms of the structure uh, of what you're about to hopefully listen to in its entirety, uh, we, we'll give a brief sort of what the game is and what it's about. Uh, And then we're going to look at three topics or three bits, three areas of discussion uh, that Oliver will lead and then myself and then Oliver again. And that's about it as an introduction. How does that
1: sound, Oliver? I like the way you emphasize the word bits every time. You know, I'm so (laughs) glad you've caught on. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. All right,
0: then let's dive in so as not to waste any more precious time. Uh, And please, Oliver, you just add anything you feel needs adding as i break down a little brief here uh, little nightmares is a puzzle platform horror adventure game it was developed by Tarsia studios and it was published by bandai namco entertainment and they published i think microsoft windows nintendo switch ps4 xbox one and stadia can you believe it mm-hmm. as a sort of premise This is set in a mysterious world, and it follows the journey of Six, a hungry little girl who must escape the Maw, an iron vessel inhabited by monstrous, twisted beings. As far as we can tell, the game was positively reviewed, generally praised its atmosphere, graphics, and sound, while its checkpoint system and short length was what was criticized most so as not to necessarily date this episode, but it will do so, a prequel, Little Nightmares 2, was released in February 2021, which is over a year ago now.
1: That's true. Have you played uh, Little Nightmares
0: 2, by the way? I have,
1: actually. And it's also worth prefacing with, um, this is like probably my favorite game of all time. So I might be a little biased in that sense where I'll give it a lot of praise. (laughs) <laughs> That's okay. I'll look at, I, You know, I'll try throwing some shade as often as I yeah. can. How about that? Sounds good. And <laughs> I also wanted to note that, um, other than the sequel, there is also a mobile release called Very Little Nightmares, which is a little bit more sort of made for touch and stuff like that.
0: Thank you so much for always having little bits of like information <laughs> and factoids that I don't even know about. I appreciate that greatly.
1: And there is um, the. PS5 and Series X upgrade for the second game was actually developed by um, Supermassive Games. Oh, no ways. Hey,
0: very cool now. Very cool. Love it. Thank you so much for starting us off with a flare uh, Oliver, do you want to lead us in the first discussion or the first bit? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. So the first bit we were going to discuss is the sense of scale in this game and how they try to um, basically convey that to the player and how they sort of give you the sense of being so small and in this so little in this nightmare. Um, Some things to note here are the um, camera angle. You have this um, dollhouse perspective side view which actually kind of touches on uh, one thing i had a little bit i struggled a little bit with in this game the one small remark i have (laughs) oh my gosh there's one thing
0: (laughs) one negative thing
1: is being a 3d platformer it's quite a hard perspective to to like nail your jumps and stuff like that Mm, agreed I've, i've fallen into the abyss plenty of times because it's hard to tell if you're walking straight and things like that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah so it's a dollhouse type perspective where you're looking from the outside third person view on side on uh, but you're moving in 3d space um, they do a cool thing where you basic it's like a cutout out of the room and you walk through a lot of um vents and things like that so you're really small they also have little another thing that sort of highlights how small you are is off the bat you sort of wake up in a suit uh suitcase yeah suitcase briefcase so you slept in that which you were able to fit in that which sort of immediately highlights how small you are and then you've got these gnomes in a lot of levels that and also rats that you see scurrying around and you're not much taller than they are. You're kind of like the feeblest person in this space. Another thing is interesting about the angle is at the end of the game, when you're sort of all powerful and almighty killing everything, the game takes a low angle view. Just as you sort of walk through that corridor out and out, and in that low angle, you look like the biggest person in the room. Instead I did of the smallest. not
0: actually properly uh, <laughs> like appreciate that. I think I was obviously emotionally responding to it when I played it, but now that you make me reflect on it more seriously, mm-hmm. throughout the entire game up to that point, there is a high angle. You are looked down upon, or as a player, mm-hmm. you are looking down on the action. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh lovely. No, I, I love that that shift towards the the end. I very much felt that.
1: Yeah. Um so that's kind of like a power play thing that was cool. Um then also the there's a lot of with the lightning there's a lot of shadow play in this game. There is these um for example in somewhere at the start of the game there is this big watchful eye that you need to avoid by stepping into the shadows when it's not looking. And that eye sort of moves around the room and creates these huge shadows and I think a lot of the shadows in this game also sort of like the way you can just um, crouch and sneak into them gives you that extra sense of scale where you're able to hide behind every sort of piece of furniture or under each table and every nook and cranny from the large shadows that sort of emphasize that contrast. There's Um, something,
0: sorry to interrupt you there. Um, I was thinking about how that consistently reminded me when I played, the the scale you're speaking about reminded me of being small as a child and the kinds Mm -hmm. of things a child would have nightmares about, Um, you know, the world being so huge and unknowable and mysterious and in the darkness uh, being chased by creepy big things being hungry i suppose and all those things Mm -hmm. so just sort of tacking that on as an additional uh observation there
1: yeah and that also sort of brings me to the point of the um enemies they're all well enemies um adversaries
0: uh (laughs) obstacles Uh, yeah i know what you mean
1: scary beings (laughs) (laughs) that are also in this world that you need to dodge and avoid they are all sort of disproportionate there is the there is the very the first the janitor character you see in the beginning has very long arms so it's like your small body in contrast to those long arms giving that feeling of um, you can't escape this place and then the cooks, the chefs, they have, they're sort of really chubby, and <laughs> almost look like they're wearing multiple faces, sort of very layered. And so, and they have they have like quite small hands and feet, and so also kind of look out of sort of out of proportion. And then the all of the guests are also in that look, kind of similar to that. And then the final lady is very sort of slim and tall which again sort of it all contrasts with your puny little character Mm -hmm. that needs to avoid all of these scary things yeah Oh, oh and i also wanted to point out the that sort of the thing that really nails this sense of scale i think is those transitions in between areas where you have these big outdoor spaces. Like, they kind of look outdoors, but they're still inside the sh- the ship. But you've got these, like, huge chains being pulled and stuff, You and the camera starts to zoom out oh, yes. in these moments. And mm-hmm. it sort of, like, gives you that extra sense of, like, whoa, this place is massive. Where am I? How am I getting out of here? Very cool.
0: No, I love it. I think I had a very similar, I guess, experience of that the start of the game that sort of the idea of the discomforting swelling as if you are at sea which is not really confirmed until you exit this entire structure and then it's it's this amazing setting from the start but i love that that was a mystery to me i kept asking as i was playing what is this where am i am i dreaming what's going on why (laughs) Uh, and then you exit and you start climbing up the side and i go oh my gosh this is a giant ass
1: ship yeah i love that shot that is so good
0: (laughs) again to maybe just pull that out as an example to emphasize the the sense of scale you're talking about that is done so exquisitely here
1: yeah and also a thing to note is the um is like in a similar note as the enemies every sort of everything in this in this world is too small for like it's not designed for you you're too small for it you can't even reach door handles and things like that you need a step up to even open a simple thing like a door, so it all all gives that sense of scale and when it comes to sound, even every sound sounds like thunder almost like every creak is can be deadly type of thing mm. and when there and so you hear these creaks of the ship and the movement of the chefs, and every footstep is like uh someone stomping and so that's like I think even even the sound design here sort of helps bring that sense of scale home where you're small and fragile
0: terrifying and unnerving
1: (laughs) but that's I think that wraps it up for the sense of scale I think we can move on to your bit Tristan
0: lovely thank you so much for opening uh we'll move on to the second bit that I suppose I will uh, lead out thoughts on is what I've named pacing creepiness. Uh, Mm. And it kind of, I'm hoping piggybacks off what you started talking about in terms of a sense of scale and in terms of the the storytelling uh, that this game uses. Uh, And I suppose I'm just going to address like one or two quick things. This is not a massive deep dive into this area at all by any means, Mm -hmm. but I loved that the game began uh, quite still, quite cautious. Again, the sense of scale, you feel like a child, you're navigating this world that is very scary, very mysterious, that is not made for you. And then there are moments where the action sort of flares up, where you Mm -hmm. are darting out of a room or into a hiding space. Um, And for me, there was this example of that kind of fear or horror in a cognitive dissonance sort of way. And I think the example uh, that a different uh, sort of dev diary thing, broke down is the janitor and they're very scary you brought them up already the the long arms person Mm -hmm. they cannot see so they establish quite quickly when they introduce this character that they they hear you but they can't necessarily see you Mm -hmm. they're very scary you want to run and this is where the (laughs) cognitive dissonance comes in you can't just rush by them because they will catch you so you have to get past them but you have to sneak and there are moments where you have to hold still as a player you have to physically go (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and it's like everything is making it super scary for you and I just thought, yeah, that was, was one moment I thought was very interesting. Yeah, think, any thoughts on that?
1: Uh, no, I think that totally makes sense. I, I I didn't even think about sort of that with that character you sort of want to be running, but it, the game is forcing you to do it another way and it's, it's really interesting.
0: Mm. There's a... Um... I think it was an article. I think it was Game Developer is now its name. I think it was from the uh, Priestman um talks about our character six, the one that the player is being chased mm-hmm. by monstrous staff and guests on board this ship called the Moor, who are much mm-hmm. larger and forcing her to hide in crawl spaces and climb up shelves to out of reach places. And I just thought it was such a lovely description. Again. Um, <laughs> around like what the hell you have to do it's like these are this is not a normal thing you don't just move by here Um, and there's a lot more uh, people who kind of analyze the choices there or at least the the responses that a player has from the choices a developer has made on that in terms of how it makes you feel Um, which I suppose I'm not getting into now but for me I just wanted to contextualize the creepiness of it in all these different facets to lead up to the one thing that stuck out for me the most, which was this surreal and exciting highlight um, of these chase sequences, these ever-increasing chase mm. sequences. I don't know if you noticed them as well. They sort of start of course, off yeah. briefly and then they they get <laughs> more and more heightened and then they culminate in this tidal wave of bodies following <laughs> you. <laughs> Do you remember that that scene? Of, like, it remi- it's like Spirited Away, you know the start of... Um, yeah,
1: 100%. Yeah, 100%, and it,
0: like, yeah. all these massive... Uh, bulbous like stuffing their faces humans and then they can't stand on their own. So they kind of chase you by crawling on the floor, which is terrifying. And then <laughs> at, at one point there are just so many of them and they're just chasing you. And I'm running, I'm fleeing. And I was like, there's such an interesting um contrast for me of of that kind of gameplay versus the gameplay of the janitor, of being very still and very quiet. And I love that these two sort of polar opposites of experience and, and gameplay exist in the same world in the same game that is kind Mm. of my my topic here is there anything that kind of brings to your mind that you remember suddenly about the game
1: well i thought when you mentioned that you were sort of tackling the topic of the pacing i sort of never stood still with it but i thought i also thought it's such a key thing in this game and i think especially as you said it starts off almost in like a tutorial type way where you're kind of figuring out like you wake up it's pretty quiet you don't like there's no one there except for the little gnomes who seem pretty seem pretty harmless and then you sort of go into the dark you learn how to turn on your torch you uh, the flash uh, the lighter ah uh, yes and yes. then and then you sort of move around these areas you don't you don't see an actual big enemy for a while i think you see the um leeches first oh my gosh i nearly forgot about them (laughs) yes oh i
0: died from them and i was so annoyed and i was like what is this (laughs) ah thank you yeah yeah yeah
1: Yeah, so it's 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 such an interesting contrast between sort of taking like the game really starts in starts off in a way that you can sort of explore and sort of be curious about this place and taking the spaces up until the point where that i think that first time is where it picks up is when you sort of, you're just going along and then you crash down into this area with the leeches and you're like, oh my god, <laughs> I'm <laughs> surrounded and now I gotta run. And then there's there's just bits like that where you, you think stuff is cooled down and then suddenly you do this action or you gotta make this huge noise where you where you start this chase sequence and it's, and you're just like gripping the edge of your seat because, yeah. it's that's where sort of the scares really culminate it's it's almost scarier than the sneaking because you're like now now i really got to sprint and i gotta stay ahead of this person and it's Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. it's relentless
0: i'm so glad someone else (laughs) also uh, had a visceral response to that it was just something in the the choice for that design of how to structure the game and the gameplay experience that uh, resonated with me that i had to
1: bring up as as the second bit yeah and i think the janitor is really interesting as well because there's a couple of times where you think you lost him, yeah. But then he just it just keeps coming back until the point where you're sort of like in that little room with the with the gate sort of coming down, and you got to pull out the box from underneath it and oh, chop off his arms. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, and that was so satisfying, wasn't it? You're like,
1: yeah, you take that. I got one up on you. So it is a very stressful moment, but it feels very satisfying. I think. All of those sequences feel so satisfying. Like also after the chase the spirited away chase, as you as you were saying (laughs) there was you sort of like when you get away from all the guests and you jump on top of a lantern to get out of like off of a balcony on Mm -hmm. a lantern away from the danger Mm -hmm. that feels that just feels so good where you're like, now you can't get to me anymore and Mm. I did, and even and also with the chefs, you had that great escape of like hanging onto the yes, onto the thing, and they can't reach you with their little arms.
0: Yeah, oh, very satisfying very cool. stuff.
1: Cool. It's quite interesting that you, I like. I think Spirited Away was such an influence on this game. That's also why I love it so much because it feels quite Ghibli-esque. This world. Yeah. Uh
0: good point. I wonder if oh, we must actually find out. I know one of the other games we're looking at in. You know, this year's series of games did take influence from studio ghibli films but i don't know if it was necessarily this one or maybe it is i'll just have to find that article again <laughs> <laughs> or if anyone listening to this knows for sure let us know uh, and send yeah. us a message
1: it feels like they sort of they watched spirited away and saw the the bit where the parents turn into pigs eating all that food that they and they were like this is cool. Let's make a game around this. Yeah, there needs to be one moment in our game where this exact yeah. thing happens. Very cool.
0: Cool. That's a second bit. Shall we move on to the third?
1: Indeed. So this third one is kind of, sort of, maximizing the environment in terms of both interactivity and sort of narrative design to sort of create a wholesome environment driven experience i think it's quite a broad topic but i think that's quite big in this game in a sense that similar to journey which we discussed last time this game doesn't use any dialogue and the whole story is told through these environments and through these spaces and through these characters that um occasionally grunt the enemies Um, and you sort of uh, groan a little bit when you're a bit hungry and things like that but there is no real dialogue and it's all told through your interpretation of this space and uh, the the things you see in the environment, the things you pick up on. I think the first um, interesting sort of environmental storytelling bit was uh, you waking up and your camera being in this sway. I think you already touched on this a little bit, but Mm. it sort of puts the impression that you're on a moving thing or or especially a boat and, but it doesn't look like a boat at all for the longest time. So it's kind of like, what is going on here? And it's sort of an interesting introduction and um, opening up speculation about this space you're exploring.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that so much of it is left to interpretation. It's again, yeah. the, the strength of that visual storytelling, we already, uh, explored in journey, but yeah, again, very well utilized here design wise. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And, um, Similarly the um every sort of space you g- travel through has this prominent theme going for it. Like the first space is very I think it's almost entirely grey. I think there's it's very sort of monotone monotone colors. Mm. Um is it monotone? Monochrome, I'm not sure. What's the word? Oh, monotone <laughs> sounds like it would be
0: audio. monochrome. Yeah, I think so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we can design.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's just a, a very sort of dull color palette in the first space. Um, and there's a lot of... There's like an excess amount of cages lying about. Yes. Which sort of um, emphasizes the theme of that first area where it's all about being trapped and... Um, there's a lot of like bars and cages. And then there's that janitor character with his huge arms, which sort of also, again, give that impression of how are you going to be able to escape this guy who has huge reach? Mm, I um, think
0: in the yeah. first bit of the game as well, in those cages, when I realized there were other children, I was mm. very freaked out. And I think right. generally overall in the structure of the game, you don't see those children again, do you? It's like you start with them as potentially one of them, but you, you kind of go further and further away from other children or seeing any of them throughout the game, right?
1: Yeah, so that's where a little bit of like a theory or like interpretation thing comes in, because mm-hmm. before you leave the janitor area, there's this bit where you sneak around with him and he's packaging up children. Oh, yes. And so he's like wrapping them up, and then the way you escape that area is through these uh, this like machinery that's carrying these bundles across to the next area. Oh, yes. So I think they are then cooking and eating these chunks. It makes
0: sense, (laughs) right? Because I think the next thing after that is the the chefs. I think that the next uh, chapter of, of bad things. Oh, that that reading sounds like it makes the most sense. I, I watched... And now a... you're
1: extra spooked out.
0: Yeah, exactly. I, <laughs> I saw an analysis around... Um how Six could be the monster and that there's this underlying thread Mm -hmm. of story where it's like you are actually the monster the whole time because there's that hunger uh, mechanic which I didn't fully understand in the game. I just thought was a weird extra uh, thing and then gets really creepy when you're like trying to fight off what could be seen as your mother or this matriarchal figure that use power you take uh, and then you become the all-powerful killing everything. And I was like, it's an interesting... Reading that I love is never 100% stated or discarded.
1: Yeah, for sure. And then the second area with the chefs uh, gets a little bit more colorful. It's still sort of quite a limited color palette. And it's kind of grubby, but it's more there's more light and things like that and more colors. And then you move on to the final area, which is where the guests reside and things like that. And that's like full color spectrum looks very sleek. And it kind of feels like it kind of feels like, you know, this is like the what the guests see this place as. So it's like the image that they're hiding the real horror with that's actually happening in this facility down below, which you've already experienced, which is quite cool. Mm. Um, Yeah. yeah. I was just
0: thinking uh, you made me look at a, something else I'd found in looking into the design of this game was something I never kind of clocked, I don't think, consciously while I was playing mm-hmm. through these different environments and these sort of level uh, biomes, maybe we would call them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's no game over screen. So when you die or fail to do a thing oh, yeah. whatever, you just wake up again. And yeah. I, I love how that synchronizes really with nice. the whole abstract visual storytelling in terms of it making us question everything like is any of this mm-hmm. real am i dreaming and it yeah. comes back to this i love when a title of a thing is so uh, ingrained throughout every aspect of the thing and in this case it constantly made me feel like i was either in a nightmare or in a living nightmare or or just all of the aspects of that that make them disconcerting to me i thought was excellently done mm-hmm.
1: for sure that's very cool yes and then that sort of brings me to the next bit where um same similar with these spaces every space is sort of designed for the characters that live in them so in that first space you have a lot of with the janitor you have a lot of sort of gaps and hanging and stuff and large open spaces um with which the janitor can easily sort of climb about because he's got these long arms and reach over and things like that. And then the chef, you've got in the chef's space, you've got these. Oh, and also the janitor's room is super cool. You've got this. Uh, there's this one bit where you're in his room and there's these huge drawers that are way too long for anyone but the janitor. But oh, yeah. of course, he can reach up there. So it's it's all sort of built for him, which is cool.
0: You're making me remember that uh, with the chefs as well, seeing where they live. Mm -hmm. uh, Actually, all the characters you do kind of see where they live or how they live. When I realized that there was more than one chef, I I was was shooketh. (laughs) (laughs) I was so frightened because I was like, oh, I thought one was bad enough. There is a second. And I I remember physically going, like I froze. I was like, what do I do? Where do (laughs) I go? Quick, get up these drawers over here. And then as you do, I think, that second chef wakes up and, like, turns on the light. (laughs) And I was like, just hide, (laughs) just hide, just hide. Yeah, love it. That's a lovely experience. Um, Um, Could I... Yeah. I want to jump in with a a tidbit, a sub-bit of this bit that we're talking about um, around the interaction, unless you still have anything else to add to the point you're on.
1: Not the current point, though. It will be a next point, but feel free to jump in.
0: I'll jump in with a quick one, just so that we or at least the thing that's interesting to me to say about it is Mm -hmm. the interactions are definitely not and the furthest away from push e to pay respects i love (laughs) (laughs) that when you compare the way they set up the sort of controls i guess to a conventional choice of like a button press makes you do the thing there is like an emphatic design choice here where you feel the tension of clutching the thing while something big and scary is searching for you like, or just in the other room. And I loved that haptic kind of response of going, I need to hold this button in as I hold Mm -hmm. the thing. And I'm so scared that if I let go, I'm going to drop the thing and make a noise or whatever the thing is. Yeah. And I found just a a, a little element that kind of spoke to that in Steve Swink's book, Game Feel. I'm sure you've read this book.
1: Oh, I, actually did not read this one.
0: I mean, I haven't read the, the whole thing, but I've, I've scanned it and looked at places that seem pertinent to what I'm doing at the time. But if anyone wants a game feel, Game Designer's Guide to Virtual Sensation, it's quite interesting uh, to look around how to juice games, really. And there's just a point to one of the principles... In one of the later chapters, talks about harmony and that each element of a game's feel supports a single cohesive perception of a unique physical reality for the player. And for me, the mm. harmony that this design choice of those button controls for interactions <laughs> was harmonious to the whole thing that the story is trying to say that comes back to the sense of scale and being this child and everything being confusing and an abstract thing that doesn't make any sense. I thought it was excellent. More details on that are in a YouTube video by Jay Mate jm8 the number uh, a video called control which is about the controls of little nightmares that's my
1: little Mm. tidbit insertion carry on oliver yeah no that sort of nicely brings me to the point of um i like how all of the puzzles make you directly interact with stuff that is almost kind of naturally within the environments so there's nothing like clearly there's nothing super clearly sort of puzzle placed there. It's more like, this is the environment and this is what you have to work with and how are you going to get to the next room? Mm. And it and in doing so, the game sort of forces you to pay more attention to these environments, cause, which I think is great because every, this game is so, I think also helping, I think also it's short runtime helps with this. This game is so sort of like very carefully Put together every little bit in every scene is there for a reason, and they've paid so much close attention to every every detail in this game, and they want you to do the same with these puzzles where they you sort of find out how could I, how do I get into this gap that's way too high for me, or how am I going to put weight on this thing over here, and why is there no way out? Is there a box to move? Things like that, mm. um, which for example uh there's this bit in the beginning where there is this the first time you need to open a door and the handle is too high there is in the middle of the room there is this this man who hung himself seemingly from above and all you see is his legs hanging dangling but below you see a chair and so and you can it's kind of like very dark and puts you in this puts you in this very creepy feeling mood that you then actually need is that chair you need it to open that door so you need to then pay attention to that chair and then you notice like oh what's happened here and it sort of like makes you really take in the whole space and then my final sort of point about this environment stuff is the there is like an overarching theme of sin there is this uh, there's this game seems very inspired by the seven deadly sins where every character is a sin and the space is called the maw the the ship which can be defined as a throat or a gullet or a stomach and sometimes even of a greedy person something that seems to surround and absorb everything near it. A couple of definitions from more mm-hmm. So that's kind of interesting. So you're kind of like in the belly of the beast, to say,
0: oh, yeah, um, I mean, that's lovely. That is very lovely. Yes.
1: <laughs> and that's also when you see the guests coming on board. They board sort of in the middle of the ship. So they're entering the belly of the beast. Mm-hmm then at the end after the credits i don't know if you stayed around to see that but after the credits you have you're on this little island and it's at like the very top of the ship makes it look like a little island with a big chimney on top and that's kind of i guess that's like that would be the 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 throat the shaft Mm. where you come out of so it's kind of interesting that they enter the belly of the beast and then so back to the idea of the seven deadly sins your character is is called six and the sixth sin is anger and an interesting theme here is that um, it kind of turns out that this hunger that six is facing in the game isn't really doesn't really seem to be a hunger for food but it turns out to be more of a hunger for to kill because Especially when you got that point where the gnome is offering you a sausage, the your character doesn't take the sausage, but he bites directly into the gnome. Mm-hmm. So it can, and that sort of escalates more and more. So you're always looking for, it. and then especially that sort of escalates at the end where you you're sort of all powerful and relentlessly killing everything that gets in your way before you make your exit of this place and you go and, it, and it's kind of creepy because you go out into the this crazy raging being has just been left out into the world and what is she going to do next
0: what a lovely take on it I really <laughs> like that, I didn't even consider that again, I love it
1: <laughs> and then, so all the guests are obviously gluttony because they're all sort of greedy eating a lot very chubby and possibly the the chef's um but the chefs are also sloth because um in their environments you notice there's a lot of plates stacked about and stuff and they move quite slowly and carelessly considering how much they have to how much it looks like they have to do still like a lot of washing up a lot of cooking they're moving quite slowly and the lady is pride she has a lot of when you go into her area she has a lot of sort of different costumes lying about and stuff although she doesn't and she's always looking down on her guests feeling all-powerful um and then the janitor himself is maybe greed because he has a lot of trinkets lying about and his space is very messy even though he and he even has this massive library of books even though he can't see
0: <laughs> oh. Well, that's such a good point.
1: <laughs> I really
0: enjoy this reading. I think it's I think it's nice.
1: Yeah. Um yeah, and then and then to sort of come to a conclusion with that, the sort of recurring theme of eyes everywhere. There's eyes on the doors, there's eyes on the walls, there is there's this big security camera with of an eye that you can come across if you find this secret, but you it's easy to miss. Um that theme is kind of kind of brings this whole thing home where these eyes are always watching you and your sins don't go unnoticed
0: yeah
1: yeah um and also when you finally sort of eat the lady and get that power it's done right under an eye on the wall looking down on you and the camera sort of moves into it so your ultimate sin sin is being committed there and it's all very very cool <laughs> cool and creepy
0: <laughs> thank you oliver uh, that is the last bit yes
1: that is indeed
0: spectacular thank you To everyone listening for letting us ramble uh, and give our three-bit take on Little Nightmares' design through the sense of scale, through the pacing of creepiness and its general environmental storytelling and all its mechanics and interactions included therein. It has been a joy once again to pick your brain on this subject matter, Oliver. Thank you for the time. And thank you. And if anyone listening would like to uh, get in touch and kind of have a conversation with us, tell us what you thought of the game, uh, of any other games you think you'd like to have us talk about. Uh, everywhere I think you can find us, Oliver, is 3 bit design, like at 3BitDesign. Is that correct? Yes,
1: on Twitter, indeed. Agree And you can also find us individually. Um, for me, it's at Oliver Waters on Twitter. And for yourself? It is at a theater Walker. It's also... An interesting thing you said there about reaching out um, to sort of give your takes, it'd be cool. I feel like every time we are touching on a few of our theories of how we interpret things, um, it'd be cool to sort of hear your thoughts on if you interpret it differently or slightly differently and, and what you thought of of our takes on those, for sure
0: yes please do that also to then close off in finality with a, a single word and or phrase uh, oliver what are you playing right now like other than little nightmares obviously
1: i have been playing Azure's wrath which is on playstation now and it is a really cool it's it's kind of like a very experimental um it feels a little bit arcadey and experimental in a way something that probably wouldn't be funded by Sony these days (laughs) but uh, (laughs) but uh, it's a really cool game it's sort of um it's mixes um Asian folklore with sci-fi and to create these really cool gods and technological advancements uh where you're sort of you play as a god battling other gods and it's a lot of uh really high intensity very anime sort of battles Um, I would recommend. It's a very, very cool game. It's on PlayStation Now, if you have PlayStation Now.
0: Nice, thanks. I don't, but I appreciate (laughs) the recommendation. Uh, I am playing a free-to-play game called Century of Ashes, uh, which is you ride as dragons. Well, you ride dragons, uh, and it's just aerial dogfights as dragons, and it's everything Mm. you expect that phrase to be. Uh, It is wonderful. I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I'm sure it it has uh, a lot of faults, but I'm having a great time. So, on that uh, bombshell, we will say <laughs> cheerio. Thank you so much for uh, listening to another episode of 3Bit Design. We'll be back next time to look at another game.
1: Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.